thank you for supporting the media outreach of New Covenant Christian Ministries. Through the powerful preaching and teaching of Pastor Bill and Dr. Deanne Johnson, family relations are being restored. The wayward are returning to God. And together, we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Join us now for a message that will strengthen you in your faith and encourage you to be all that God has designed you to be. So today what I want to deal with is this. Uh, what is it going to take for us to get along? What is it going to take for us to get along? When you look at the book of Colossians, here's Paul writing to the church at Colossae. And, um, you know, you, you see it's a perfect divide. Four chapters. The first two chapters deal with doctrinal issues and the latter two deal with practical issues. When we get to Colossians chapter 3, um, he gives some very practical advice in terms of how to walk out this Christianity. Now, hear me in this. Before, here it is, before I deal with you, I got to deal with me. Now you can say amen. All right. Before, because the truth of the matter is, I'm a handful. Maybe two or three. So I've got to deal with me. And a lot of times, it, if we would go ahead and be honest about ourselves and deal with us, it'll be easier to deal with people. Amen? Deal with others. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for your word today. Help us. The entrance of your word gives life. The Spirit of God, you know every need in this room. So do what needs to be done. Say what needs to be said. Give praise for it. Direct us today. Amen. So in dealing with me, Paul tells his church, he says, this is what I need to do. I need to do these three things to deal with me before I get to you. Verse number five, he says, put to death. And then verse number eight, he says, put off. And verse number 10, he said, put on. All right. Now, say that with me. Put to death. Put off. And put on. Say it again, please. Put to death, put off, and put on. Now, he says, these are the things that we need to put to death. Put to death means to subdue. It means to stop with a lethal determination. Put it to death. Verse number five, put to death your members. You didn't know you had members, did you? I'm not talking about church members. He says, put to death your members which are on earth. I'm reading from a New King James Version. First one he said is fornication. Put it to death. This word for fornication is where we get our word pornography from. He says, put that to death. It's sexual immorality of any kind. Put it to death. Then he said, I need you to put to death uncleanness. That's immorality or impurity. Put it to death. Don't just allow it to uh, exist in your life. Kill it. Put it to death means kill it. Subdue it. Then he says, he uses the word passions. If you have a King James version of the Bible, it says inordinate affection. That means to experience strong physical desires, the lust for something. He says, put that to death. Then he says, evil desire. Uh, that means it's an inordinate 
self-indulgent craving that displaces a proper affection for God. Put that to death. It's a longing for what is bad. Then the last one he says to put to death here is covetousness. Covetousness is greed. It's the excessive desire to acquire more and more. Now, notice, he said, these are things that are enemies of your soul. They're enemies of your soul. The enemy will use these things to rip you apart on the inside. And they begin to rob you of your confidence in God because of what you are doing. So he says, what I need you to do, Paul writing to this church, and I believe it's, I know it's for us, and I don't just believe it's for us today. He says, these are things that you need to put to death. I don't care how popular things are. When the word says put it to death, there's a reason for it. He says, put it to death. Hear this. God is holy. There's one word that describes God and that you'll see it in the Old Testament and New Testament. You'll see it, Isaiah describing God. He says, he's holy. He was looking, he said, the train of his temple filled the train of his robe filled the temple. He began to look at it. Holy means other. He's so different than everything he's created. He's God. Scripture talks about God. God is light and in him there is no darkness. Uh, God is so different than what he created. But listen to this. You and I can be a recipient, a partaker of the nature of God of his divine nature. So those characteristics that belong, you'll never be God. Don't, don't misunderstand me. Don't misquote me. You will never be God. You're going to always be human. You're never going to be God. But hear this. You and I will be able to have Christ-likeness. So of all the things on the earth, you and I have been given the privilege of being image bearers. We bear the image of God, meaning that we look like him. Nothing on the planet bears his image. So we are made in his image and in his likeness. And when we begin to be image bearers. He says, this is what I need you to do. I need you to show folk that you've got my DNA in you. In other words, I need the characteristics, the qualities of your life to look like you belong to me. And so he says, there are some things that are not germane to my characters, not who I am. And so they're enemies of yours. Consider them enemies. So put it to death. Amen. So this is why he's saying it. Look, look at this. Why? Then he says, why are we going to put this to death? Verse 6 says, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. I know today we, we hear the phrase, don't judge me, don't judge me, you know. So please, please, you know, I know, you know, we, we're embracing. And so there is going to come, let me not use the word judgment, but there is coming an evaluation. <laughs> not by me, but God is going to give an evaluation. In other words, there's a judgment coming. And I know that we don't, we, we say that God is love and he is love. But because he is holy, there is something about God. Everything around him is holy. 
he would not have given us the command to put these things to death if we did not have the capacity to do it. That would be an unjust, unfair God. And so what he's saying is, I'm holy. I need you to be holy. I need there to be something in you. And this is not just a bunch of do's and don'ts. This is your love for me is greater. And so much so that you begin to be my image bearer. I can begin to show forth who I am through you. And so he says, put that to death. Now notice, he said, you used to live there, you used to walk there, but there's something different about you now. Then he didn't leave it there, it put to death. Look at verse number eight. He says, these I need you to put off. He begins to deal with this list of putting off. Put off, listen to this, means to put it away. Cease doing what you're accustomed to doing. Don't say, well, you know, this is just how I am. No, 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 no. He says, stop this. What are you you to do? What, What do you do? He says, what I need you to do is put off anger. That means fury. Then he says, put off wrath. That's a fierce indignation. It's an intense anger with the implication of, of uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, it's an outburst. I'm gonna, I'll go off at any minute. You touch me, I will go off on you. You know what I'm talking about? Don't, don't look at anybody. This is not, don't touch anybody. Just keep looking straight. Don't, but I know somebody's coming to mind. So, then he says, anger, wrath. Then he says, malice. That's a hostility and strong dislike with the intention of trying to harm somebody. He says, put that off. Then he says, put away blasphemy. That means to speak against someone with the intent to harm their reputation. You are not a reputation assassinator. I'm going to make sure nobody likes you. Mm -hmm. Then he says, Put off filthy language. That's obscene, shameful speech. Stop cussing. All right? All right? You all right? Now, you know, y'all laugh, but, you know, I I was telling them, one of the things, you know, can can we be real in church? Can we tell the truth? It's okay to tell the truth in church? All right. Thank you. So, uh, you know, as a little boy, little boy, I really had issues. I was a cusser. Yeah, okay. Some of y'all looking like, hmm. I don't know if I, how comfortable I feel with that. I was cur- cussing so much, not cursing, cussing, cussing so much as a little boy. I had the thought, I was gr- growing up in the church, but I had the thought, man, I, that I would preach, that one day I would preach. This thought came to me, but then this is thought. I said, I'll be up there in the pulpit cussing. I'll be like, you better bring your blankety blank to Christ. You better. <laughs> I'm serious what I thought. <laughs> but he says, Put it away. Put these away. Now notice the first list he said put to death. But notice the second list he says you need to put off. You need to put it off. Meaning these things arise. They'll show up. They'll show up. They'll show up now. I'm telling you. They will show up. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. You know they'll show up. Some of them showed up just last night. No, they <laughs> so he said, what I need you to do, I need you to put off anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, and filthy language. Put these off. 
Now, now, hear me. For instance, ang anger. I used to be, uh, I, uh, um, when, uh, I would not give myself permission to be angry as a Christian. But you know, I finally realized that being angry is scriptural. It says, be angry. Oh, look at my Bible readers. But sin not. Then he says, don't let the sun go down on your raft. All right? So there are some things that should be angry, you should be angry about. You should be angry about some of the things that you see. But he says, don't sin. So he, this, this first group, he said, to put to death. The second group, the second list, he said, to put off or put away. And here's the thing, the, the third group, the, again, before I deal with you, I got to deal with me. All these are just me dealing with me. He, this third group, he says, this is what I need you to do. I need you to put on. Verse 10 says, and having put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Let me just say this. When you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I believe verse 17, it says, if any man is in Christ, he's a a new creature. All things are passed away and behold, all things are new and all things are of God. So listen to me. You and I, when we're talking about this putting on the new man, when you were born again, your spirit was born again. You weren't just kind of uh, uh, reconstructed in the sense of putting old materials together. You were literally made brand new. God caused you and I to be renewed or a new creature from the inside. So this transformation happens from the inside out, not the outside in. That's why songs like I looked at my hands, they, you know those old songs? I looked at my hands, they look new, I looked at my feet. No, you still had the same hands. <laughs> same feet. You know, I wear 11s. They were still 11s. You know, no, no, so, so. All of that is the same. But what happens is on the inside, there's a part of you that was made in the very image and likeness of God. Listen to this. The Holy Spirit came to live in your spirit. You, like God did in the beginning, you were breathed into and you became alive. You were once dead in your trespasses and sins. But when you came to Christ, you were made alive. Oh, my goodness, you were made alive in him. So now you are made in the very image and likeness of God, and so you are different. There's something so different about you that you need to grab that. That's number one. Here's number two. All right. So you got to, got to get that. I'm a new creature, and I have to put on. Put on there means to clothe. Put on this new man, meaning get so intimately acquainted with what God has done on the inside of you that you have a preoccupation with, oh, God, I'm different. Oh, God, I'm different. And I begin to say, that's going to change how I look at life. That changes how I treat people. That changes what I do. Why? I'm new. I'm not acting. I'm, I'm literally putting on this new man. I'm being clothed in this new man. And that's what he's saying here. I need you to put it on. Let's look at the characteristics of this new man. Look at verse number 12. 
What are we to put on? Here's the first thing. Put on tender mercies. That means compassion. Concern. Then it says put on kindness. That's the quality of being warm-hearted and considerate. Let me, let me tell you how you can practice that one. You, you want to know how to practice kindness? Let somebody go in front of you when you're driving. Pastor, I'm leaving right now. I ain't going to let it because that ain't going to happen. Are you, you hear what I'm saying? Don't, you know, you, you're sitting there. Somebody's getting ready to pull out, and you keep there on your right. And you keep looking to the you know good and well, you see them. <laughs> come on, come on, come on. <laughs> so these are things that we have to begin practicing. He says, what I need you to do, put on tender mercies, put on kindness. Then he says, I need you to put on humility. Listen to this. Humility means to be without arrogance. It's the disposition of valuing oneself appropriately. It's not thinking lowly of yourself. It's thinking appropriately of yourself, not more highly than you ought to think. So he says, you know, so what I need you to do, I need you to put on humility. And you put this on in the light of your own sinfulness, meaning if it were not for the grace of God, if God would, did not Get his hands on me. If he did not have, I, ooh, I would be totally different. Then he says, what I need you to do is put on meekness. Put on this gentleness of attitude. Meekness is strength under control. I don't have to flex. I don't have to show you, tell you. You know who I am, don't you? Um, years ago, um, I don't, don't tell where, just tell the story. Uh, <laughs> I, I was ministering in a, in a place, and this guy that I know um, had invited me to come. And back then, there was a, a restaurant called Shoney's. Y'all remember it was an old restaurant called Shoney's? It used to be the only thing open. You know, there wasn't a Waffle House around. So, uh, <laughs> so, so we were, it was after the service, the night service, and then it was crowded. A lot of people were there. And, and uh, so w they told us to wait. He said, and I'm standing there with him, Dr. D and I standing there with him. He said told, to the ladies that told us to wait, you must not know who I am. I felt like crawling out under the rug back to the parking lot. What's funny, though, she said, no, I don't. <laughs> anyway, you have to put on <laughs> meekness. And here's the, here's the last one in this list. He said, put on long suffering. <laughs> All right. So he says, I need you to put on long suffering. Yeah. It's something that you need to put on. Let, let, me, let me give you this definition that I, I ran across for long suffering. Long suffering is a state of emotional calm in the face of provocation or misfortune without complaint. You want me to say it again? Sure you do. A state of emotional calm in the face of provocation or misfortune, being provoked without complaint. Long-suffering. 
And so he says, before you start dealing with folk, dealing with others, these are what I, this is what I need you to do. Some things I need you to put to death. There are some things I need you to put off. And there are other things I need you to so what the, again, this is real simple. He says, I need you there. Three, three things I told you so far. I need to, some things I need to put to, yeah. come on, say kill it. Yeah. And then, the, then there are some things I need to just put up. That's a continual practice. It's a daily thing. And then he says, there are some things I need to just put on. All right. Now, so the message today has to do with how, what do we do to get along? What do I do to get along with other folks? And I believe the, these scriptures will help us. Verse number nine. Here's the first thing. That, what did I need to do to get along with you? Now we finally got the other people. All the other, I'm serious. The other stuff was just for me. Now I finally get to you. Verse number nine. Here it is. Do not lie to one another. Stop right there. Don't lie to each other. And listen, it means to communicate uh, to, lying means to communicate what is false with the purpose of misleading. I, what I found out is this. People have issues with one another because we do not have honest conversation. We don't talk to each other. We talk at each other. And then certain generations, depending on how old you are, some generations, you know, especially if you were younger, they would say children are to be seen and not heard. In other words, don't you say a, nothing. And listen to this. What I found out is we were missing vital information. I find out revelations about my family when I'm at a funeral. I go, oh, that's so-and-so's daddy? Oh, y'all know what I'm talking about. Don't sit up in here like you don't know what I'm talking about. You sit there and you go, why didn't somebody tell me who the baby daddy was? Why, you know, and we, we don't have those honest conversations. As a result, we, we have this undercurrent of mistrust. And we wonder, why is it that we can't get along? Or, 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 how you doing? I'm fine. When you know you are mad, let me get country, as a wet hen. And for those of you who don't know, ask David Everson. That's mad, isn't it? <laughs> so you're mad, you're mad, you're upset, but we don't have honest conversation. This is a word that I've, you know, in this doctoral program, and I, this is a word that I came across in some of my reading, emotional integrity. Do you have emotional integrity so that you can be honest about what's going on with you? Be honest. So if we're really going to get along, we've got to have this, we've got to stop lying to each other. I'm upset. How you doing? I'm mad. I don't have to let the sun go down on my wrath. I don't have to let it uh, turn into an out, outbreak of rage. But what's going on? That made me angry. I'm upset about the when you said this, I didn't like that. Now, hear me, hear me, hear me. I'm not saying you have to bring up every little thing that ever happens in your life. No, I'm not talking about that. I, and I'm, I'm going to get to that in a minute. <laughs> but 
Stop lying to each other. Stop lying to each other. Especially uh, if you want to have re a relationship with somebody. There has to be honest communication. There has, we've got to stop lying. Now you can tell somebody, stop lying. Tell me the truth. Tell me the truth. Well, how is your breath? It, oh, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, little stuff. In the long scheme of things, just... Hold on a second. Just a minute. Stop lying. You are peeling the paint off the walls. No. <laughs> All right. Now, here's the second thing. In terms of getting along with folks, building these quality relationships, how are we going to get along? So I think... When we look at verse, not I think, when we look at verse number 13, Colossians 3, 13, he says, bearing with one another. Everybody say that, please. I think the King James uses the word forbear. You know what it means? It means to put up with. It means to endure. Bear with one another. Now, hear me, hear me, hear me. We all, I don't care how wonderful you are, we all have our quirks, we all have our faults. Sometimes you just catch me on a bad day. And that's, you know, don't just, he says, bear with one another. Put up with one another. Listen, listen, listen. You're going to be off your game sometime. As wonderful as you are, I know you're going, you know, no, 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 no. God almost didn't have to save me. I was so good. <laughs> no, no, child. I'm here to tell you I need dead and need God's salvation. He's a, he has saved, is saving, and will save, and I'm grateful for it. So we have to bear with one another. We have to make allowances. That verse Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 13 in the New Living Translation says it like this. New Living Translation of Colossians 3.13. Make allowances for each other's faults. Don't you need space for your faults? You know, I, I, I know, I know, I know, I know. 99.9% of the time, you, I mean, you all, all the way there. But for that little bit, we need to make allowances. The story, um, there was this, this guy on the train with his um, two children. And um, the, the, the children were acting out. And the people around them were getting upset. Can't you do something about these kids, you know, going off? And they finally said, he said, no, I can't. To their surprise, he said, why? He said, they just went through a tragedy. You understand? And so what I'm getting at is this. We don't know what's going on in the lives of people. And we have to make sure that there's space in our lives for people. For people's faults. For people's faults. Here, here's the third thing. Here's the third thing. So if I'm going to get along with people, if I'm gonna get along, is this helping today? Yes. 
I'm telling you. So don't, let me, let me just say this. So don't give up on your boss this year. Don't give up on your coworkers this year. Don't give up on family members. Don't give up on the relationship this year. Make allowances for one another's faults. Amen. Uh, here it is, same verse, verse 13. Bear with one another, and then he says, forgive one another. Come on, say that. Forgive one another. Forgive means to cancel the debt. It means to graciously pardon. So if, I, if I'm, I'm really going to get along with people, I have to learn how to forgive. I've got to forgive them. I've got to forgive them. Um, <clears throat> this comes to mind. Um, I did a, a, a CD, and we had a CD release concert. It was years, several, a few years back. And so Corey, who's a musician at... Um, the Lasonia campus. Corey was helping me. He was playing the keyboard. And so we were, you know, it was the night before we were, had been rehearsing. And um, I did something that I, I just uncharacteristic. I shouldn't have given even that disclaimer, but let me tell you what I did. Uh, in, the, in the middle of the rehearsal, you know, I said, Corey, play! I yelled at him. Just the intensity of the moment and everything. I went off. Just play, and I'm yelling, yelling. And that, that was the extent of the yell. But I had to apologize because I was wrong. But you know what? He had to make allowances for my faults. But you know what he had to do? He had to forgive me. He had to forgive me. What if he had made a decision right then, never, you don't talk to me like that, I'm a grown man. I've been fighting all my life. I mean, you know. <laughs> and a lot of us have made determinations. We've cut people off because we've not listened to this. We haven't had honest conversation. And then when we've had honest conversation, we haven't made allowances for one another's faults. We've not been given them space. And then we haven't been forgiven. And as a result, we've been robbed of the relationship. And I'm telling you today, if you do these things, if you do these things, the quality of your relationships can change. Hear me in this. Everything that you need is in a relationship. Something that happened to me this week. Right here in Covington. Uh, I was at the car wash. Right up here. And so I had gone through the car wash, and I was at the actually vacuuming the car out. Somebody said, Pastor Bill, you know, and they were across the way, and it was a former member of New Covenant. They served, they served, we were together there in Lithonia, the Lithonia Church, and um, she said, I'm so glad to see you, and I saw her, I, I had to, you know how it is, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, 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 I had to remember who she was, and um, she said, I've been praying for this opportunity. At a car wash, it showed up. And she finally got, she, she was saying, you know, I just want to let you know I love you so much. You know, I appreciate all that you've done. You guys raised me and all this kind of stuff. Right? And so, and then she said, uh, I, uh, she said you know, I'm not there, but and she's been gone for a few years now. And she said, but I still consider you my spiritual dad. And I'm like, okay. Uh, uh, and, and I said, let, let me ask you, wh what happened? 
And she began to tell me what happened. It's a people issue. It's a getting along with people issue. It's not the gospel. It's a people issue. And then uh, I said to her, I said, I'm so sorry. And I ask you to forgive me. In the parking lot, in, in the, at the back in the section, she just broke down and started weeping. This happened, I'm talking about this week. This week. She started weeping. So what I'm getting at is you don't know the power of an I'm sorry. And I said, I ask you to forgive me. Now listen to this, listen to this. From what she told me, I didn't have anything to do with it. She didn't have a problem with me. But I represent the church. I took ownership. And I'm not trying to blow my own horn or anything like that. But what I'm getting at, I just say that to say a point, that there are some people right now that are in need of your forgiveness. They, they, they need you to say, I'm sorry, would you forgive me? I shouldn't have said that like that. Or some people you need to forgive. And my friend, don't hold that in your heart. Don't harbor that in your heart. Because Scripture says, guard your heart with all diligence. Out of your heart will flow the issues of life. So that's how you get along with people. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information on other products and materials, please contact us at 770-484-9300, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Or visit our website at www.newcov.org. If you're in the Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for one of our dynamic services. Once again, thank you for receiving the living word of God from New Covenant Christian Ministries, where we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ.